brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. What I have for you is a little bit different today. We have a cardinal who about 10 years ago said that there really is no such thing as the post-conciliar church, and that if there was such a thing as the post-conciliar church, then it would be illegitimate. Now, this cardinal, Cardinal Piacenza, was never considered among a the traditionalist coterie in the church. He was never one of us. He's clearly a hermeneutic of continuity figure. But remember, Pope Francis has himself said that the cardinal, the hermeneutic of continuity is dead. He didn't say it explicitly like that, but he, soon to be Cardinal Roach and many others, have said that Vatican II essentially changed the church fundamentally, and that Vatican II ushered in a sort of new church. They said that, not me. So I want you to hear what Cardinal Piacenza has to say about exactly what Francis and the rest of them have said, because according to him, if that is the case, if Francis is to be believed, then Vatican II was illegitimate. This is from his address given in Los Angeles in October 2011. This was a, a, an address given to seminarians. Venerable brother in the Episcopate, dear formators, dear seminarians, it is a source of profound joy for me to be able to meet you in this short North American stay. The future of the church, which is certain because it is in the hands of her head and Lord who is Christ, pulsates in your lives. The seminarians of today, priests of tomorrow, are the living hope of the journey that the church always takes in the world. Heartfelt thanks on behalf of the church for your generous yes. Know right now that the prefect of the congregation for the clergy is praying for you, so that your yes is to the Lord is total and unconditional. This is the secret of happiness, the secret of the full realization of the priestly life, to give everything without keeping anything for oneself, following the example of Jesus. I do not intend to offer you a conference in this meeting, but simply an informal conversation, giving space to any spontaneous questions you may have. To your questions, I will only start a few brief reflections on what I believe is fundamental today, and always in priestly formation. 1. The Primacy of God It is now acquired from ecclesial experience that vocations are born, flourish, and develop and mature only when the primacy of God is clearly recognized. Any other motivation which may also accompany the beginning of the perception of a call to the priesthood, it flows into the movement of total self-giving to the Lord, and the recognition of his primacy in our life, in the life of the church, and in that of the world. Primacy of God means the primacy of prayer, of divine intimacy, primacy of the spiritual and sacramental life. The church does not need managers, but men of God. You don't need sociologists, psychologists, anthropologists, political scientists— and all the other de declinations we know and can imagine. The church needs believing and therefore credible men. Men who, having accepted the call of the Lord, are his motivated witnesses of him in the world. The primacy of God means the primacy of the sacramental life, lived today and offered in due time to all our brothers. Many things men can find in others. In the priest, however, they seek what only he can give, divine mercy, the bread of eternal life, a new horizon of meaning that makes present life more human and eternal life possible. Live, dear seminarians, this time of the seminary, which is transient, as the great opportunity that is given to you to have an extraordinary experience of intimacy with God, 
and it will change, but the foundations, the core of that relationship, is now being established. The time of the seminar is, in this sense, unrepeatable. Despite every good experience that may occur in your life, before and after this time, the wisdom of the Church indicates the moment of community formation as necessary for the formation of her priests. The Church needs strong men, of men steadfast in the faith, capable of leading their brothers to an authentic experience of God. The Church needs priests who, in the storms of the dominant culture, when the boat of not a few brothers is battered by the waves of relativism, see then Cardinal, yeah, then see the former Cardinal Ratzinger in his homily for the Holy Mass, Holy Romano Pontificiace, actually no communion with Peter to hold firm the rudder of one's own existence, of the communities entrusted to them, and of the brothers who ask for light and help for their journey of faith. The Priorities of Formation In addition to the undisputed primacy of God, human formation must occupy the fundamental place due to it. No one can wait for a perfect humanity to access sacred orders, but it is essential, in all honesty, to get involved, entrusting all of oneself to God for the spiritual director. Do not succumb to the illusion that unresolved or not properly addressed issues will suddenly dissolve after ordination. This is not the case at all. Experience proves it. Human formation certainly needs a right degree of self-knowledge, and in this sense, the so-called human sciences can provide valid help. But above all, it needs to stay in contact with the holy humanity of Christ. It is by being with him that we are being shaped progressively. It is he in true formenter. In this sense, prolonged Eucharistic adoration plays a fundamental role also, and above all in human formation. Allowing oneself to be tanned by the Eucharistic sun means, over time, would file one's own edges, learn from the humble par excellence, stay at the school of charity made flesh. Alongside human formation, intellectual formation is central. There is no doubt that this is occupied in recent decades, an important part of the entire seminar formation. Now, most likely in this context, it is necessary to carefully evaluate the proportions and balances. While desiring a good formation at all, not all priests will have to be theologians. Intellectual formation must aim at transmitting the certain contents of the faith, reasonably arguing its concrete foundations, those of the great ecclesial tradition and of the magisterium, as well as having six holy priests accompanied by examples of life. You must not get lost in the maze of various theological opinions, which do not give certainty and place the revealed truth on the same level as any other human thought. We are trained on certainties and aiming to have our baggage a synthesis vision with the enthusiasm of the mission. I am personally convinced that a good and usual theological formation, which also rediscovers the philosophical foundation of metaphysics and is not afraid to accept the whole truth, is also the best antidote to the many identity crises that some unfortunately experience. In this sense, the Holy Father, Benedict XVI, has already repeatedly referred to the indispensable use of the Catechism of the Catholic Church as a horizon to look at and as a sure reference for our current theological thinking. The Catechism is also the great tool that John Paul II gave to the whole Church for the correct hermeneutics of the Second Vatican Council. Also on this aspect, it is necessary that the intellectual formation does not experience any misunderstandings. You were born in the post-council period, I believe almost all of them, and perhaps you are for this very reason both children of the council and more immune from the polarizations, sometimes ideological, that the interpretation of that providential event has aroused. You will probably be the first generation that will correctly interpret the Second Vatican Council, not according to the quote-unquote spirit of the council, which has brought so much disorientation into the church, but according to what the conciliar event really said in its text to the church and the world. There is no Vatican Council II other than the one that produced the text in our possession today. 
It is in those texts that we find God's will for his church, and it is necessary to measure ourselves against them, accompanied by 2,000 years of tradition in Christian life. Renewal is always necessary for the church, because the conversion of her members, poor sinners, is always necessary. But there is not, nor there could be, a pre-conciliar and post-conciliar church. If so, the second, ours, would be historically and theologically illegitimate. There is a single church of Christ, of which you are part, which goes from our Lord to the Apostles, from the Blessed Virgin Mary to the Fathers and Doctors of the Church, from the Middle Ages to the Renaissance, from the Romanesque to the Gothic to the Baroque, and so on up to our ages, uninterruptedly without any solution or of continuity, never. All because the Church is the body of Christ. It is the unity of his person which is given to us, his members. You, dear seminarians, were the priests of the same church of St. Agostino, St. Ambrosio, San Thomas de Aquino, San Carlo Borromeo, San Giovanni Maria Viani, San Giovanni Bosco, St. Pio X, until the Holy Father Pio, to St. Jose Maria Scriva, and to Blessed John Paul II. You'll be priests of the same church, which is made up of many holy priests who over the centuries have made the face of Christ the Lord bright, beautiful, radiant, and therefore easily recognizable in the world. The real priority in real modernity, then, dear ones, is holiness. The only possible resource for an authentic and profound reform is holiness, and we need reform. There is no seminary for holiness, if not that of the grace of the Lord, and of freedom which humbly opens itself to its shaping and renewing action. The seminary of holiness, then, has a true magnificent rector, and is a woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary. May she who will repeat to us throughout her life, do whatever he tells you, may accompany us on this arduous but fascinating journey. Here I have told you part of what I wanted to tell you. The rest I will tell you in the prayer of every day, because from now on I will take you with me every day to the altar. And remember that being a priest in these difficult times is beautiful. But priests, you are happy only if you don't take half measures, either all or nothing. And there you have it. Yes, he is a hermeneutic of continuity bishop, but remember... This was the kind of the mainstream idea that there really was no post-conciliar or pre-conciliar church. And that was barely 10 years ago. Since that time, this entire line of thinking has basically been thrown out by the hierarchy. Key figures in the contemporary hierarchy of the church tell us without hesitation that there is a post-conciliar church and that the traditional liturgy, traditional devotions, and traditional way of thinking as being a Catholic is not compatible with the church anymore. That is why we needed a new liturgy, because it fits what the council told us the church was after the council, which was not the same thing as what the church was before the council. According to this cardinal, that makes Vatican II illegitimate. guess it all depends on who you think is right. I'm personally not a hermeneutic of continuity person. I actually tend to think Francis and his company are more right than they realize, while also this bishop here being correct also. That's not having it both ways. That's just an admission that something went horribly wrong at the council. Because un because this bishop does not uh, will not admit one thing, that even in those documents there are errors. After all, it was the same bishops who were at the council who wrote those documents who approved them in their committees, who then passed them on to their national bishops' conferences and the rest, these same bishops also implemented those documents, and they implemented them, well, 
let's just say that the church in the late 60s into the 80s was rather legendary in the history of the church for being kind of a Looney Tunes period of the history of the church. That's enough for me. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.